Mathis and the Oscars to AwardsDaily.com's all too infrequent podcast. My name is Sasha Stone. I am the founder of AwardsDaily.com and I am here with two of our editors, Clarence Moy and Mark Johnson. Um, unfortunately, Ryan is actually sick today, so he can't join us. Um, hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Hello. So um, we're, we're starting off our podcast a week before Telluride. All three of us are going to Telluride. Clarence is going yeah. for the first time, and Mark and I are old buddies. What's that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying that Clarence is going for the first time, so he doesn't know Telluride. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's, got, he's got two experts with him, right? Totally. <laughs> we're experts. Um, as, we, as we scramble every year to figure out what the hell we're doing. You're really good. Listen, Mark, you got to shadow Mark. He, he's like, <laughs> he knows he's got it all like micromanaged. Like he gets the list, he figures out the schedule, he knows when to see what and what you got to prioritize. And Whether he knows it or not, Mark has a new shadow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, like seriously, it's it's really been like for me a godsend all these years because... I don't have to do any thinking. <laughs> he just goes, all right, this is playing and, and this day. And I'm a bit of a control freak, so it all works out. I know. Well. I love it. I love <laughs> the control freak part of you. <laughs> but um, so so that's good. We have that. And, and this is Mark's first time not doing it for awards circuit. Yeah. So um, Clayton was teasing me at the party the other day saying <laughs> you're gonna have to he's like you're gonna have to be you know really tough on mark make him see a bunch of really crappy movies oh man <laughs> no i didn't i, I wouldn't do never, that i will no. never forget clayton making me see that agnes varda documentary oh my god <laughs> and first, and first cow, cow. <laughs> he oh, made you see Lord. first cow but um but oh, that's it so i uh, you know you're obviously a free agent on our watch you know you can do whatever you want so um I'm, you know we should all figure out who's gonna write what but yeah you guys know me i don't really do a lot of writing up there. Um, I sometimes get a, a freelance gig at the Wrap writing their film reviews, but I kind of have a feeling this year they're going to send someone. We'll see about that. But so you, you know, we can all just figure out who wants to write what and who wants to cover what. And in general, I would prefer people who really like a movie to write about it. You know, um, since there's going to be so many reviews coming out that like, you know, the world doesn't need another negative review. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. That's just sort of my base base idea. But let's first talk about the movie we've all seen recently. Before we get into Telluride, we'll do Telluride. We'll do our predictions of what we think is going to play there and how we think it's going to go in terms of the Oscar race. But we just watched a movie last night called Mass, which had shown in Sundance. And it's directed by a guy named uh, Fran Kranz, I think is his name. <laughs> Fran Kranz. Um and it is, he's an actor. He's been kicking around a lot of movies uh, for most of his adult life. He's also kind of a um, California kid who went to a really expensive private school here and married Jacqueline Smith's daughter, actually, which is a, a fun fact about him. But anyway, he, he obviously made this movie as an actor's showcase for these four absolutely amazing actors. Um, do you guys want to talk a little bit about Mass? I don't want to do all the talking sure. here. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You probably people probably remember or will know Fran from um, as Marty from Cabin in the Woods. That's probably where he he's probably most memorable. Would be my guess. Oh, that's who that is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, he was the, the nerdy. Yeah. He, yeah. He's 
probably the stoner. Yeah. Yep. The stoner. Yep. Mm. Um, yeah. So mass is a, as you've mentioned, it's basically four actors. There, there are a couple of other actors in it, but the <clears throat> overwhelming majority of the film takes place on in a single room. It's, it's kind of filmed within a, it's, it's definitely filmed within a, a, a kind of a, a, a meeting room in a church. And it's, it's basically two couples um, who are meeting because they have a school shooting incident um, re- that relates them, that ties them together, that binds them together. And it's, um, I described it to someone as, and this may be jumping the gun, so forgive me if it is, but I described it to somebody as a movie about pain hmm. and and wrestling with pain and how pain can destroy you, how you can try to overcome pain. Um, and And in some ways... I don't feel that any of the characters in the film actually do overcome their pain. I think they, they just never will. Um, and it's sort of coming to peace with that. If you ever can. Yeah. I think that's, um, that's the other side. I think it's, I agree. It's about pain and, and probably yearning for, to be able to forgive, I guess is where I would probably take it. Cause that's, mm-hmm. I think that's what they're there for. Right. Is, you know, cause at one point Martha Plimpton states that she's ready. Right. And I think, I think that's the other side of the movie is about forgiveness. Yeah. Um, to me, it's just about like every so often there, I mean, yes, it's about all of those things you're talking about. I was, mm-hmm. I was surprised at how moving it was. And, you know, I had my, you know, guard up as Mark knows, as soon as I heard it was a political thing, I didn't want to watch it. Cause I just, I just, you know, feeling a little yeah. too overly sensitive yeah. about politics. I just didn't want it to be that, you know, but, it wasn't that. And um, it was, to me, just a, such a great example of the art of acting. You know, I mean, it's kind of a joke, you know, the actor's acting on Saturday Night Live or whatever. But, you know, a lot of the independent films that are popular with critics, they have actors who basically do nothing. You know, they, they like that kind of pared down performance. But boy, if you want to see what acting is about, watch these four. But in particular, the women. Yeah, um, Martha Plimpton. I hadn't heard mm. anything about her. I just heard that uh, Anne Dowd. Everybody was predicting her for number one over at Gold Derby, and I was like, mm. "What's that about?" You know, like. Okay. I, and I thought she was absolutely amazing. I mean, it's easily her best performance for sure, but Martha Plimpton was equally good. You know, yeah. like she absolutely. she's the one who really I thought impressed me in her her really you know, hardcore monologue that she gets to get. I, at some point I just forgot I was even watching actors, you know? Like, yeah. Yes. It does feel like a documentary. Um, and I think that's because they don't take a lot of, of poetic justice with the, with the piece. I mean, there are a couple of stills that are interspersed. There's some poignant sort of fade outs or fade to blacks in the middle of the film, but, it, but by and large it's filmed as if these are, you know, the camera's not really there and you're just watching these people have a conversation. That's how real it feels. Yeah. yeah. And they, you know, they're coming at each other. When does this movie open? Does anyone know? I mean, I think it's, is it going to tell your ride? It played in, um, what's it called? Uh, Sundance, Sundance, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. And then October 8th is the U.S. release. October 8th. Okay. So I might go to tell your ride. Um, I think that would be a good showcase for the actors if they're looking for nominations. The thing I was watching them and I was thinking, you know, if the acting race was just about 
the performance, they would do really well, but it's not just about, and this goes for Jennifer Hudson or anyone else in the race, it is actually a campaign that has to be run and they have to show up and they have to do stuff and they have to act like they want to win the award. Um, and a lot of actors feel like that's beneath them and they don't want to do it because it's so far away from um, the art of acting and it's true. Well, but if you want to win an Oscar and you're not Katherine Hepburn <laughs> or Judy Dent, that's what you have to do. But um, so, you know, especially in a competitive year, I don't know if this year will turn out to be competitive, but um, but I would probably put Martha Plimpton down for potentially a Best Actress nomination um, for that. So from what from what I understand, I think it was Ann Thompson that uh, replied to my tweet after seeing it that uh all four are going supporting oh wow okay yeah that's a shame because at first i at first i, I thought Ann Dowd because i have Ann Dowd in my five uh for supporting and afterward i'm like i don't know that she's supporting but to hear that they're all it's kind of like what spotlight did i think too right with an ensemble cast it's hard it's hard to say any one of them was the lead right they you know have pretty close to equal film time right sure so um, but there so, is a sense that it is yeah. Martha Plimpton's story, more her story than it's endowed because it yeah. starts with them and it yeah. ends with them. And, and to me, um, she has the strongest arc, um, yeah. you know, because yeah, she comes sure. in so kind of she's trying to cope with this situation, which is very awkward and weird. And she's trying to be as polite as she can. You know, the husband's not. The husband's like a powder keg ready to go off. And I should say that, like, for the first 40 minutes of this movie, maybe first hour, you have no idea what happened. You're just hearing them talk right. about something that happened. And they're trying to relate to each other. And your, your brain is trying to figure out what are they, what happened? Like, what are they saying? What, you know? And as the story unfolds, you know, and you see their reaction. They're trying to process their way through something that is just literally destroying their lives emotionally. And the only way through it is to be able to confront each other. But it's such a sad ending, this movie. <laughs> like, not a sad in a bummer way, I didn't think. Like, I, I felt like a cathartic yeah. experience watching this movie. I didn't feel like it dragged me down and depressed me too much. Do you guys feel that way too? Or... I mean, yeah, it's a it's a pretty devastating film, you know, somber. Um, but it was, you know, I was I was impressed again. I was I enjoyed the acting. I enjoyed the fact that, like you said, it didn't. It, it for a second it mentions the politics involved in in the situation, but just enough to where, of course, that's going to kind of come up in this situation, but doesn't focus on it. Mm. And it could have, you know, I like that instead of taking us to like flashbacks of what happened we stay in that room like we're like we're trapped with them so i i don't know i like a, i like a lot of what what they did i think the screenplay was was very well done as well yeah yes and um i mean it didn't it, it, it's an intense set it asks a lot of a viewer it put, it takes you yeah. through a lot um yeah i i had the same reaction as you sasha i i knew that it, it had it had dealt with a a school shooting but i didn't know whose son was was the <clears throat> guilty party and whose son had died and what what was what was the dynamic that was the piece that that was really captivating me um but when uh, this i think the scene that you're talking about is the scene toward the end where martha plimpton recalls a a uh, episode in her son's life when he was 12 yeah actually the um, uh, the, the subsequent 
that scene to me was the most powerful scene in the movie. But the saddest part was the when uh, Anne Dowd tells oh her, her story. St- yeah, to me that was yes. like wow. That that really just got me right in the heart. That scene, boy, that was intense. But um, yeah. so it is just actors, you know, doing what actors do best. They're very vanity free. Um, it easily could have been if in a in a, someone's like a less talented writer's hands, it easily could have turned into that politics thing where people are looking for blame. I mean, it could have been an interesting um, film that way, by the way, like they could just be trying to find blame and, you know, but it doesn't, they make that point and it's, it's absolutely true is it doesn't matter, you know, like it doesn't matter who you blame. The end result is the same. It can't bring back the kid, you know? Um, it doesn't matter who you're mad at. It doesn't matter what you do to them. It's not going to change that end result. You could murder them. You could tie them up. You could torture them. It still wouldn't bring back your child. Right. You know, and, and that's, that's the thing that's so tragic about it. But they, they find a way to just kind of, they don't, it's not like they're happy at the end, but, but they find a way to just say, you know what, we're, we're just going to, you know, go through it and we're going to carry on with our lives as best we can without this hate in our heart you know um it was just just a very sort of touching movie the husband the one husband was a little bit strange like the shooter husband guy like he just Mm -hmm. couldn't come there he couldn't get there at all emotionally you know Mm -hmm. he was just cut off completely but that was still a good performance you know Uh, yeah i actually thought for a while, I was confused as to whether or not uh, that couple was still together. There were signs that they had, it, to me, I thought that they had divorced, that this tragedy had, had torn them apart, but uh, I guess not because they, they leave together at the end. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But it just, but it's the emotional disconnection, I think, is the thing I was picking up on. Um, how he just doesn't seem to want to connect to any of it at all. No, and in fact, he's he's very similar to the dad that I, I I happened to watch the Columbine documentary, you know, about the mom, Eric, uh, Eric, no, it's Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris, Eric Harris's parents. Um, I think it was his, or maybe it was Dylan Klebold's mom. It was one of them, but the dad of Eric Harris is a lot like that guy in that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just this very kind of, you know, very patriarchal, very shut, shut down kind of man. And you can't look at that and blame him necessarily because you know, a lot of people are raised that way. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're just searching as they were. You're always searching for the reason, the cause, you know, who did this? Was it her? Was it him? You know, whose fault is it? <laughs> um, so it is one of those things. It was, I, I thought it was going to be a bummer, but, um, but I actually really got a lot out of it watching Especially, I thought the women were just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, they really were just like, I think those, those are going to be two of the best performances we, we're going to see this year. I was actually impressed as well by Jason Isaacs. I've, I've not seen him dig that deep before. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I thought he was, you know, that sort of <clears throat> that rage that he's carrying and how it bubbles up every now and again. And he's he's definitely carrying forward the you know uh, we're not here to interrogate mantra but then eventually his rage just can't 
contain itself. Yeah. Um, and how about that thing with the, uh, he, see, the guy writing it obviously knows actors because he knows, you know, I know from acting school, I remember like one of the things that you're taught to do is to use business to show emotion business meaning you're washing the dishes or you're you know uh folding clothes or and here they were dealing with this flower pot (laughs) right that was so weird but and you're wondering why all this attention on this flower pot but because it's such a great symbol it's like it's her trying to say you know i'm sorry and here's a gift for you um, from me and it's just this awkward not knowing quite what to do with that which is exactly what the movie's about you know they just quite don't they don't know what to do with how they're feeling and they're just kind of struggling through something and so it was a very clever um kind of way that he he worked that in i thought um mm-hmm. what do you guys think for oscars do you think it's a just a, an and dad thing or do you think it's a screenplay thing or Yeah, I, I like I mentioned, I have in doubt in my five. I, I think you got to keep Martha Plumpton and Jason, Jason Isaacs close, and then I think screenplay is a possibility. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure beyond that. No, I would agree. I'd say and doubt and screenplay and and Plimpton. Although, <clears throat> you know, having Martha Plimpton and Anne Dowd both in supporting is is complicated. Yeah, and, and also probably a, looks like a Best Picture nominee to me if you have two best if you have two acting uh nominees if they like it that much if it gets a sag ensemble nomination um no. then you're looking at possibly best picture i could see a lot of actors putting that down as their number one yeah i'm curious how many see it right it's not an right. easy watch and right yeah i don't know that's a good point i don't think you can make people see that <laughs> like... right right hopefully they do yeah no that's you're right about that especially this year i feel like this year i really feel like it more than i felt it probably any year of the oscar it's like this is not the year to bring out really depressing movies right you know this is the year to try to recover something that's been lost you know and and i think that's why movie like even in the heights which people keep saying is going to be forgotten i don't think it will because i think that it's so optimistic and it's so hopeful that it that will carry it through with that even with the controversies that bubbled up i think it has a still has a really good shot because of that you know it's i see it as a separate um having its own trajectory for a lot of different reasons but but i think that mainly it's the optimism in that movie that'll carry it through we'll see could be wrong I don't think people are just going to go all in for the downers in other words yeah. you know right. and we're looking at think- a lot of downers I think the biggest thing probably in, in the Heights way is I, I think it has Warner Brothers has two other films that are I'd probably bet on ahead of it, although I know you've seen one of them <laughs> and I don't know that you agree. So well, and, and the other one is The Last Duel, right? Uh, mm-hmm. King King Richard. Oh, I, King Richard. Last, yeah, Last, Last Duel is 20th century, I think. Okay, King Richard. Yeah, King Richard. The two that I have earmarked right now for, for Best Picture in my mind which means nothing because it's just totally imaginary and delusional, but would be King Richard and uh, Belfast. Those are the two movies that I think have a really good shot other than West Side Story. Um, But uh, because King Richard looks like it's going to be that really feel good movie, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. You got those two women, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm hopeful for at Tell Your Red, to be honest. I can see that playing.
what if Kristen Stewart shows up? Okay, I, I'm going to, uh, let's just say that that uh, Spencer goes. I don't know for sure it's going. I'm just guessing here. But if Spencer goes, that means that Kristen Stewart's going to be at the patron's brunch. Isn't that cool? So you guys can hover around her. <laughs> uh, I don't know that this year will be a good year for the hovering because I think we're all no. going to be masks and distancing a little. I asked Shannon um, if we were going to be wearing masks at the patron's brunch and she gave me kind of an ambiguous answer. She actually doesn't know. So it's okay. possible we won't be wearing them there since we're outside. You know. I mean, here's the thing. You have to be vaccinated mm-hmm. and you have to have a past PCR test. In, in advance so right so and you're I mean, outside you know so, yeah yeah um, i don't know i don't know you know i'll wear a mask if that's what they want but i don't know that's necessary at that point but yeah she said better she safe know. than sorry i guess and you have to kind of do what everybody's doing you can't be that one For guy sure. um, oh yeah but so she'll be there um okay so if king richard goes to telluride will smith will be there mm-hmm. um which is pretty cool. So, I mean, it's like all of a sudden it's looking like it could be a star-packed Telluride. Do we found yeah. out that the Jessica Chastain movie definitely is not going, right? I don't think it is. Yeah. You're talking about the eyes of Tammy Faye? Yeah. Yeah. But Benedict Cumberbatch, I would imagine, is there with two films, right? Benedict Cumberbatch will be there. How exciting. Yeah. Yeah, because he, That's- Lewis Wayne... He's going to yeah. be competing against himself because he looks like a lead actor for, for, for that other, you know, Jane Campion movie. But then yeah, Lewis Wayne, he's, yeah. So. Yeah. That's the one I have. I have him in my five for actor for Power of the Dog. He's, it looks, it's one of those like menacing. Um, and I think somebody, I saw somebody on Twitter compare the trailer, reminded them of There Will Be Blood. And I thought that was an interesting comparison. So I could see him being like that Daniel Plainview kind of character yeah um i'm looking at the telluride uh 10-day forecast ah and it's it's saying first day thunderstorms what would a telluride be without thunderstorms right and then the patrons brunch would be thursday right thursday morning right so that says scattered thunderstorms 62 degrees so it's not going to be that warm yeah that's my favorite yeah i know it's going to be nice it's not going to be hot Right. Isolated thunderstorms Friday, isolated thunderstorms Saturday. I mean, we're looking at 30, 40% chance of rain. Um, mostly sunny Sunday, Monday, isolated thunderstorms. So it's going to be kind of a mix of rain and sun. But, I'll tell you one of the, one of the best tips of advice I can give you clearance is eat up at the brunch because it is a delicious and be one of your last meals for the next few days <laughs> there's not, there's <laughs> not a lot of time for eating no not really and it's like grab a sandwich and go yeah. grab a salad and go you know um i mean some people can figure out how to do it less chaotically you know but we're usually all trying to see as many movies as we can right I hope we don't have like a five movie day or a four, oh, three movie man. day is rough. Four is tough. Yeah. <laughs> four is tough. Five is like, give me it and get me out. Of I've here. heard people do five. I, really, I don't think I can do it. No, me either. I don't know. I Two don't is know. usually my, three would be the absolute max. Yeah. It's like yeah. that 11 o'clock screening at the Palm. <laughs> you know, oh my like God. You're sitting there and like <laughs> yeah. you're trying to stay awake. Yeah. And we're part, we're our, 
condo is way down by the Herzog. So if we're oh, doing any good. of those, we're going to have to be driving to those palm screenings. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. The palms, the palms, one of the ones where most of the big ones play. Mm-hmm. Palm, Herzog. And then usually the Chuck, uh, what is it? Chuck, Chuck Jones. Chuck Jones. Yeah. yeah, Chuck Jones. I always want to say Chuck Norris, but the Chuck, <laughs> the Chuck, the Chuck Jones Theater usually has the secret screening. Right. So now we get to pretend what's going to be the secret screening. Ooh. Remember how somebody finds out usually like yeah. it's, it's such a bummer like Pete Hammond tells somebody and but we don't know what it's going to be. Usually it's like a big popular movie, right? Ish. That, that could be like King Richard. Yeah, that wouldn't could, that be fun? I could see that. Yeah. yeah, so you know, Will Smith is going to be great on the award circuit. The problem with Telluride is that you get and you see these things for the first time and you're having such a great time and Telluride's so beautiful and you're so happy to be there. You got your coffee, you know, your popcorn, whatever it is. And you're sitting there and out comes Will Smith and he's like 10 feet away from you and he's really funny and really nice and you're just loving it. You're giving him a standing ovation. You love the movie. Everything's great. And then you come back here and the movie opens and it totally bombs and flat lines. And it's like, you're like, whoa, okay, well, I had that experience, but it didn't quite pay off. Because, you know, the the atmosphere of Telluride is so fun. that Yeah, right. It kind of makes yeah. you like any movie that you see there. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to get caught up in the you know the excitement of it. And again, when when you get to listen to the director talk about their film for a few mm-hmm. minutes beforehand, and maybe a Q and A after, it's hard not to. I know you're standing there, and that movie. there's Brad yeah. Pitt, and there's Ben Affleck, and you know, and right. they're, they're right <laughs> in front of you. You know, Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Angelina like we've Jolie. Had, we've seen a lot of Faye Dunaway. Yeah, Faye Dunaway. <laughs> Faye wow. Dunaway. Mark always gets selfies. He's the king of selfies <laughs> with uh, celebrities. And Clarence, yeah, it, I think you met your match in Clarence. He's really good at that, too. Oh, good. It'll be hard so, this year, I think, but we'll see. Yeah. It, yeah, because of COVID. Right. <laughs> You're like, I'm, just don't take him in your mask. Well, I mean, I guess you have to. I guess you have to take a masked oh, photo. You can't do it with a mask. <laughs> if you're going to do it, it's got to be maskless, <laughs> which is probably why you can't do it. Can you imagine standing there with your, with your arm around like Cumberbatch, and you guys both have oh your God. like masks on? Great. <laughs> you know, it'd be cool as if Oscar Isaac's there for that. Yeah, it seems character. like I feel awesome. like we've met him before at one of these things. Um, uh, not me. Was he? Did um, Inside the Wind? Inside Lewin oh, Davis yeah, they did everything. Inside Lewin Davis, and it totally yeah. did not get an Oscar nomination. They did all this publicity. It's crazy. And I think that the um, the J.C. Chandor movie that he did with Jessica Chastain, I think they did a lot of publicity for that. Uh, I can't remember if it went most, to Telluride. Most violent year. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the year. I think that was the year right before I started going, 2014. Yeah, and so I feel like I've met him quite a few times. <laughs> oh, cool. But I mean, not enough to say like, hey, Oscar, like he wouldn't know who I was, obviously. <laughs> but I just think I, I seem to recall seeing him. Um, but it is weird to be at, a, a, you know, a film festival where like 12 Years a Slave plays and you're there for the very first screening and like Kathleen Kennedy's there and Brad Pitt's there and Steve McQueen's there and they're introducing it, you know, they get up and it's kind of clumsy and they're in their like puffer coats and their jeans and it's all very casual. And they're like, yeah, Hey man, you want to see this movie we just brought up here? And you know, it's, it's really neat to be there right at the beginning like that. And then to watch it go on and win best picture and remember 
I took a picture of Lupita Nyong'o at that party when she was a total nobody and she had talked to me for like 30 minutes about her life and I was like yeah your life's about to change so that's kind of cool we don't know if they're going to have parties you know usually they have parties Um, Fox Searchlight usually has a fun party we're all invited to one already which is the Sony party so we know that there's Mm -hmm. at least one happening right yeah. Sony Pictures Classics. Right. Um, so is there, Clarence, do you want to ask us any questions about Telluride? And um, and then we, I guess we can move on to kind of the Oscar race and how we think it's unfolding. Does that sound good? Sure. Um, I, like, do you, uh, you don't cover, you don't do interviews or anything like that, right? I know you both probably don't do that because you both don't like to interview people. <laughs> Yeah, Never no, mind. No, no interviews <laughs> well, the I problem is, is that um, there's just not a lot of time to do right. them. Um, I feel like I stood there sadly, drunkenly, horrifyingly, <laughs> talking to Damien Chazelle when he made first mint. Mark and I were sitting oh, there, and yeah. it was like we were so enthusiastic about this movie. We loved it so much, and oh boy, that was a that was a sad night because. <laughs> It was like hope sprang eternal. You know, we were going on and on about the composer and what a great score it was. It was the most oh, amazing God. score. So good. It was so, so good. good. And we loved the movie. We talked to the, remember we talked to the screenwriter yeah. and um, boom, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a rough year. That's the <laughs> so, green so green basically green. what I'm saying by that stupid story is that that's where you get your interviews. Chris, Chris Willman is always in there and he's always, he's, I mean, those parties are so amazing, free drinks and everything, but you know, Chris Willman is there interviewing people and then he turns those into stories. Mm -hmm. That's how they do it. So what's the biggest mistake a, a, a a Telluride virgin can make? Well, I would say you're in the, you're a mile high or whatever, right? You're in the mountains. Yeah. So you want to make sure you stay hydrated, drink a lot of water. And I take um, ibuprofen all day long, basically. He really does. He carries it around. The thing yeah. is, is that that's one of the mistakes or not mistakes, but things that catch people unaware is, you know, bring yeah. an umbrella and prepare for the altitude because the altitude is hardcore. It gives you a headache. It makes you sick. Sometimes it makes you tired. I, when I get to tell you right, I cannot sleep for the first two nights. I'm just totally an insomniac and I can't sleep. Those are two things. Also comfortable shoes because you're going to be walking around a lot and um, important to bring uh, a variety of different kinds. You guys are both not a California girl. (laughs) You know, here we're just like t-shirts and sweats and flip flops and we're fine. But obviously needless to say, Telluride, like where you live, the weather changes a lot. You don't know one minute it's really super hot and sunny and next minute it's pouring rain. Sometimes it's muddy. Um, so just prepare for that somehow. Um, I always, I always take a backpack with me. Right. And you know, that way I can have a tea or water or whatever in there and some snacks if needed and a raincoat umbrella, the things that Sasha said. I also have to, cause I'm old. I have to take notebook and pen to just jot down little things yeah. Uh, you know, because when you're seeing four movies in a day before you can write about any of them, it kind of all bleeds together, you know, well, sometimes. So. And the other thing I've is... I've got is... that taken care of because uh, Netflix <laughs> sent us swag. Yeah, we got these cute little notebooks, yeah, except like... we have to go around with these 
<laughs> Netflix. Oh, nice. But but here's the thing. The other thing is, Mark, we have to. There's like you get a badge, and then you get pay, patrons passes, and yeah. oh yeah, right. So you have to figure out how to use those to your advantage, right? When you need them, when you don't need them, when yeah. to wait in line, and when a lot of people who go to Telluride they don't even get into the movies because they're waiting in line too long. Yeah. You know? yeah. uh, any screening at certain theaters, you've got to get there early, and then it bugs yeah. me because oh, I, yeah. especially oh, yeah. like at the Herzog, you know. A lot of times we can't get in. How was it that we didn't get into that one screening that time? Because all the patrons got in first, and I know, think I don't think we've ever missed a movie we were trying to get in. Not missed, but like by the time we got there, there weren't a lot of seats. You know, uh, it depends. Maybe that was at the Galaxy or something. Because there's some theaters that are really small, like side side venues. Right, um, and and sometimes and the, you're 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 yeah. you're cutting it really close because you just end one yeah. movie and then you have yes. to dart off to the next movie. You know, there are times where, and that's where the planning is huge mm-hmm. because <laughs> you can't you can't see something at um, the Herzog, and then within twenty minutes of that ending, be seeing something at the Palm. You're just not going to make it. Right, it's a it's like a mile and change walk, so. You know, you got to plan according to the layout, the times. You know, sometimes you have to skip the premiere of this to catch it on the second play because if you, there's just a lot of, and that's what's great about Wednesday when we get in. Mm-hmm. We'll get our, we'll get, we'll get our map, we'll get our playlist and times, and we can like plot out what are the ones we have to see. Yeah, right? and I have to get there early that day because like you can't pick yeah. up my pass for me because I have to show my test. Yeah. Yeah. So Michael and I will have to try to get up there as early as we can. Usually we get there late, but yeah. we'll have to get we there early. It. And we got to get some Detroit style pizza at the Brown Dog. I think it's, it's called. It's a tradition. That's a, <laughs> that's a, that pizza is really good. <laughs> so that's our opening night is that pizza place, yeah. which is so fun. Yeah. We had so much fun last year doing that. Um, so that's really it. That the patrons passes you get. What is it, Mark? It's like you get. A lot of them that are just you can use anywhere, and then there are a couple you yeah. can only use at certain theaters, and you have right. to pay attention to that because you don't want to lose your good tickets for the yeah. a theater that you already have a pass specific to that theater, right? Clarence, yeah, you'll be we'll, an ace at this kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. Right, let's say this. We'll talk more about the passes offline because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, got it. I usually come home. Every so often I dig through a bag and I find... That's the, that is the goal. Every year I usually come home with one or two, which is nuts. I don't, so we'll talk more about that offline. Yeah. Um, I don't... We Obviously with COVID, who knows how it's going to be, but yeah. one, one of the things yeah. I love personally, we Mark is really good about like, you know, packing a lunch <laughs> before we go. Peanut butter and jellies it. and this yeah, and that. That's, you got to make something. And he's so good with that because you're sitting in the theater, you're dead tired. He's like, hey, you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? <laughs> it's like, yes, please. <laughs> Ever the dad. <laughs> Ever the yeah, dad. I mean, it's so true. You got to you you do it or else ugh, it, is, it is a challenge. All right. Now I have to tell you that I'm bringing my gear because I'm going to try to YouTube this. I'm going to try to vlog it. I have. Oh, cool. Three cameras. I have one that's a big, heavy Canon, which you've seen me carry around, Mark. And I have a little Sony, and I have a um, a thing called a uh, oh my god, I can't remember. There was a Pocket DJI Pocket, and it's a Steadicam mm-hmm. on a stick. It's a little camera, and I'm going to be nice. carrying that around so we can all take awesome. turns. You know, doing. I want to do like a lot of on-camera interviews with you guys. 
Yeah, and that's uh, that's one of the things, you know, because sometimes you'll get there pretty early because you want to get a good spot for a, a big premiere or whatever. And that's sometimes what we'll do is, like, we've recorded some podcast stuff mm-hmm, while, while waiting in line. Yeah, that, that's yeah. going to be really easy to do because I have this digital recorder. Yeah, But awesome. I do want to put it on video because, um, you know, I know we've all talked about how we want to really want to try to build up our yeah. <laughs> our youtube yeah. presence i mean we're all we're all so good looking they need well to see you us. guys are not right? me so yeah. i don't really want to be on there but um but i think that it it is a fun thing for people to see you know um something yeah, that i've never sure. done before i've never actually vlogged that and in this day and age it kind of seems stupid not to do that you know with the t- with the um it's a great idea yeah, with the the gondolas that go up and stuff and just talking into the camera and, you know, make it for our readers. I think they would really love it, you know, um, and other people, too. And I, I don't think anyone has ever done that going to tell you right. No, watch. We do it this year and everybody's doing it. <laughs> Probably all going to do it. But, but, um, but, you know, imagine, Mark, putting like a TikTok up with like Kristen Stewart in your TikTok. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> You know, you uh, could that just... would probably get me some followers. Exactly, that's what I mean. <laughs> I like, like twelve, <laughs> bringing this experience to that those other sites. You know, I don't know why I never thought of that before, but I just never did. You know, I always kept it at a Words Daily, and I didn't know that film Twitter would totally turn on me. <laughs> so um, now that's fine because it is actually the necessity. Necessity is the mother of invention because you know once once one door closes then another door opens and so i think that that'll be fun you know we'll figure out how to do it i've got a great editing system here and you know we can even do you know we can do short ones and we can do one big long one you know i've watched enough youtube videos now to figure out how to do that i think so um so it should be fun um so here's the thing um i just wrote a piece today about uh, the Critics' Choice Awards kind of trying to take the spot of the Golden Globes and why I think that uh, the Golden Globes can't really be replaced that way because they're sort of unique in in what they um, offer. Um, however, the Critics' Choice is going to be happening um, that January, which is when the Golden Globes would have happened. And I think that's going to make... Like, it's going to be literally the easiest year to predict the Oscars because of that. <laughs> because the Golden Globes always throw a wild card in there. And, you know, predicting the Oscars a lot of times is predicting the Globes, you know. And without them, Critics' Choice are going to be super easy to predict. Um, and from then on, it's just going to, there's not even going to be a pit stop with the Globes. It's just going to be Critics' Choice on to Guild Awards onto the Oscars, you know? So it's not gonna be that hard without that little wild card thrown in there. I don't think that the Critics' Choice are gonna offer much of a wild card, but they do have 10 nominees. So you're gonna have 10 Critics' Choice nominees, 10 Producers Guild nominees, and 10 Oscar nominees. And figuring out what those 10 are gonna be, you know, depending on how many people are voting on them, um, it's gonna be an interesting process so how are you guys seeing the awards race right now like does anything stand out um in your mind as as kind of a clear front runner for uh, picture yeah or anything really any of the categories yeah. does does is any of the oscar race starting just to take shape 
I mean, I think Jennifer Hudson has one of the five best actress slots. Right. I do, too. I have her to win <laughs> for now. Um, how about you, Mark? Anything standing yeah. out? I don't know if anything's standing out too much to me. I think I have, like, Kristen Stewart winning actress and Will Smith for actor. But I think what I'm going to be rooting for all year is Ridley Scott one way or the other. Oh, whether it's yeah. House, whether it's House of Gucci or The Last Duel, um, I just want to see the guy win. He I hasn't know. won a director one yet. That's true, actually. He could. And um, here comes Jane Campion to take his Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have I have them splitting right now. I have uh which I probably have it backwards, honestly, but I have uh Power of the Dog up front for picture and Ridley Scott for House of Gucci for director. Just to you know, hedge my bet a little there. But again, Ridley Scott's who I'm gonna be rooting for, so I figured I might as well put him in the I like top that, slot but to begin with. I would flip it. House of yeah, Gucci for yeah, picture. It's probably more and... likely the other way. Yeah. I just want him to win, damn it. Me too, but he has two movies. Why do you have two movies? Yeah, I, that might help him, though. You never know. Maybe. That might increase his odds. Yeah. You know, reward him for both and his career. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Um, you have to wonder if he thinks that one is for his art and one is for popular entertainment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> which one's which? Uh, I don't know, but <clears throat> all I can tell you is that Jodie Comer is such a good actress. Uh, my, uh, Emma yeah. loves Killing Eve, and she had me watch the first two yeah. seasons with her. And I'd already really liked Jodie Comer from a different show that she was on. And she's fantastic. And I can promise you she's going to be really great. I mean, unless the movie's absolutely awful. But she always gives an excellent performance in whatever she's in. So I expect oh, well. she's going to do really well in... Um, in the last duel as hokey as it looks oh i'm excited about it i just i love that era i know me too knights and medieval times i i'm hopeful i know that that one looks great to me house of gucci looks fun and funny you know it Uh, looks like reminds me of hustlers a little bit Mm -hmm. um but i think you know uh the last duel has has a, a you know kind of a more social justice element to it than right house of gucci you know uh yeah. i don't know if that makes a difference or not but <clears throat> it's a true story and it's a pretty important story and it's about you know believe women or whatever so i think that it will resonate unless it's a terrible film i mean i guess we just have to ask is ridley scott too old is he too old now to make a great film you know i yeah, who not? I I choose to believe no. <laughs> I believe. Well, what's in, the I last great me. movie that he made? Yeah. Martian. Yeah, that's the one I like the best. Yeah. Um, um, he had all the money in the world, which I never saw. Um, it's not bad. Alien. Gladiator. Yeah, Alien, for sure. <clears throat> he should have course... won for Gladiator. Uh, so who won? That was Soderbergh, right? Right. right. For traffic, yeah. yeah. He didn't even win Best Picture for Gladiator. He should have produced it. <laughs> no, right. he didn't. Oh, I know. God. That's that's painful. He's he's got a very funny personality. He's incredibly acerbic, and um, I get the feeling that he's not well liked in Hollywood. I think that they're you know they're they're like film Twitter. Like you kind of have to play the game. You know, you have to be one of them 
And he's definitely an outsider, Ridley Scott. You know, especially if you talk to him, he's he suffers no fools. He's very yeah. That's what I love about him. <laughs> I know. I did. I was so happy that time I got to talk to him in that. Oh, I so think jealous. it was for all the money in the world. Yeah, it might have been. Or maybe The Martian. I can't remember, but I was like one on one with him in the, at this cocktail oh, party, like talking to him. Oh I, wow! Yeah, I got a major crush. I was like, oh my yeah. god. I had started crying. <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> seriously. Well, you're going to meet him this year, probably. Oh, don't say. Um, well, do we think House of Gucci is going to Telluride? There's any chance at all? No. No, 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 I don't think it's ready. Oh, okay. That's a bummer. <sighs> yeah. So I, I think unless you came out to LA during Oscar season, then. Yeah. Because he'll, he'll probably have to be doing a lot of um, publicity. You could do an interview with him, though. <laughs> that would be <laughs> just an hour of me gushing too. yeah no and he's very chatty too he talks on oh, and yeah. on and on and on yeah, yeah he's really really a chatty dude kind of like a farm boy an english farm boy really? you know yeah okay. he kind of has that vibe unpretentious really funny oh um right. but not like and really very very smart and quick-witted but he's not you know he's not yeah. he's not effusive he's not fake nice you know he doesn't play that game. <laughs> He's like, are you kidding me? Kevin Spacey, get him out of here. Go put, get what's his name. Put some makeup on him. We'll finish this movie. <laughs> get him an Oscar nomination. <laughs> get him an Oscar right. nomination. Right. I don't care how bad it is. <laughs> We're going to finish this yeah. guy, this damn movie. But, um, what, what do you think his best movie is? Ridley Scott's alien alien, but Thelma Blade Louise. Yeah, yeah. Thelma Louise is mine. I think. Really? Thelma okay. and Louise yeah. is good so one. good. And and Blade Runner is fucking great. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, Tarantino was saying that, like, he wants to stop because these directors, they're past their prime. They have their moment and then they fade out, you know, and he doesn't want to ever have that. He never wants to have that part of his career where he, he has all the bad movies that he made. But I don't know that that's 100% accurate when it comes to people like Martin Scorsese or even Clint Eastwood. Um, I think that they can make movies that maybe aren't quite, you know, Goodfellas level of great, but they're still, you know, wonderful contributions to cinema. You know, mm -hmm. even if The Departed, I think, is, is a fantastic movie. And he just oh, doesn't yeah. stop making movies because he loves to make movies, and that's what Tarantino loves to do. So he, sh I think he should keep making movies. Sure. Um, but I'll, I think that Gold Derby is going a little bit premature with House of Gucci right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I, if you go to Gold Derby um, and you look at Best Picture, let's see what people have for Best Picture. So there are certain rules that you got to follow or you don't have to follow them. But um, if you want to be a good predictor, there are a couple of things. I'm not lecturing either of you on whether you are <laughs> or you aren't. Mark is always better than me every year. No, so I'm, I'm not it. saying, oh, shit. I'm very surprised by Ann Thompson's re recent re-ranking. Yes. Hello. I just saw that. What? What is it? What is it? I'm not on there. Oh, no. She has. She has. Dune number one. What in the yeah. world? I have Dune number five. I think it's a strong contender. I have the I have him up for director too. Well, is she still doing that thing where she doesn't predict anything that she hasn't seen? Oh yeah, she always did that. That might be the case. 
Yeah, because everything else has been seen. I, I didn't realize Passing had been had been screened. She's, Was that Sundance? Uh-huh, Sundance. Uh -huh, yeah. Sundance. Okay. Um, yeah, everything else. Red Rocket screened at Cannes. Okay. So I guess I'll put Dune on my list, back on my list. I had taken it off, but um, I'll probably put it back on there. Um, what's, you your, what's your 10 right now? My 10, but I didn't. I haven't updated since August 20th, so it's been a while. But I have West Side... That's, like, that's like six days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's that's, true. That's, that's only six reason. days ago. Um, I have West Side Story, House of Gucci, King Richard, Nightmare Alley, The Last Duel, um, Soggy, Foggy Bottom, whatever it is, The Power of the Dog, In the Heights, Don't Look Up, and Respect. Okay. We have seven. Seven similar. But I... You know, I, I want to watch Coda, and I'll see if I put that on there. Um, I only have Don't Look Up on there because of the actors. It's the only oh, reason. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a mess, but it's got, like, everybody oh, in really? it. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes one of our front runners, honestly. Yeah, because of the actors. I think it's going to be, like, Vice, you know? And yeah. More okay. like Vice than, than the other one, the big short. Um, it's climate change, though, right? Isn't that, like, the central Yeah, but... Thingy? Could see that playing well, right? For sure. With that, just crowd. not sure of the tone of it, though. That's the big question. Right. It's it could be like I thought Vice was terrible, but it still got nominated. <laughs> so yeah. I, I can't take out respect because no? she, I have okay. her winning Best Actress. So if she's going to okay. win Best Actress, there's got to be a pretty good chance that that movie at least gets nominated. But it's probably not going to get nominated. You're probably right. Came out too West Side, early. West Side Story, maybe. No way. I'm not taking that I out. Know. I know. I I couldn't get it in mine. I'm I not just, taking it out. Know. No way. No, you you can't. That's I, Steven Spielberg. Are you kidding I, me? I know, but God, it's like the most. I don't know. I have very mixed feelings about the fact that they remade that movie. Yeah. Um, no, I I get that totally. But it it's still yeah. Steven Spielberg. I mean, I think that. Yeah. Yeah. I True. was watching it the other day, what the original West Side Story, which is just incredible, obviously, needless oh to say. Oh, God, it's phenomenal. Um, and uh, I was thinking, now I know why Spielberg wants to, to, to remake it. I mean, only part of that was so that he could, you know, um, uh, kind of wokeify West Side Story, you know. But I think the other part of it is that it's such a directorial challenge because it's so well-directed. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it's it's really something that like can't be improved upon. Yeah, no, I don't see how you make it better, which is again why I don't know that there's a reason to remake it. I don't know, yeah. and I love Spielberg, so yeah, I don't know. Torn. Anyway, I will try to change that to put Dune in there, but I I have to admit I am shocked by. Um, yeah. By Ann Thompson putting it at number one, but you're right, Clarence, that she's she's saying that that this movie is the movie that she's seen that she thinks has the best shot right now at a Best Picture nomination. Right, yeah, right. that makes sense. Um, she's not necessarily thinking saying she thinks it's going to win. She's saying that she thinks it has a really. Dune's problem is going to be that it costs two hundred million dollars and it's on HBO Max, which most people who are interested in it are probably going to try to go to the theaters, but it's 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 going to struggle to make its money back and it's going to have i mean that's a i guess that's a good question do you think budget versus box office has an impact this year or is that still you get a pass because of covid 
Um, what do you think, Mark? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't know how you would hold box office against anything this year, but who knows? I think hurt it will hurt Dune if people don't go see it in the theater. And yeah. I think that if I think it absolutely needs to be seen on the big screen. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, and and it, the thing it has going for it is the lack of competition for big budget movies. But two hundred million dollars um, and empty theaters and no money is going to be probably a problem. Right. That's first man had that problem. Yeah, and that's I could see a movie like Dune needing that because you know it's not like an art house film. Right. It's not Blue Bay. It's not Blue Bayou or uh, you know whatever else we have that's like Coda or whatnot. Those movies don't. I don't think box office matters too much for those. But a one like Dune to get in, I would say this. I don't know if it hurts, but the box office would would definitely be something that helps it. Right. If it was successful. I also wonder how much the narrative of actors and filmmakers reacting to primarily Disney and um, HBO screening their films online and in theaters and splitting that box office revenue, you know, and, and making it basically taking the power of the theatrical experience away yeah. by making it so readily yeah. available. Um, there's been a lot of people who are very like I just read an article today talking about Patty Jenkins now is very upset about the rollout for Wonder Woman 1984 because it you know they they pushed it during COVID and it premiered on HBO Max and people watched it for about a day and then people forgot about it. Great. I think I could see a narrative though for Dune if you know look at it this way too. Theaters have been struggling. Mm -hmm. What if Dune was the movie that like saved theaters? That would be right? amazing. What if, what if yeah. it had a huge box office? That's I would you know then I think it elevates it like to another level with this. I think so the odds, too. The but... odds of that happening are probably low because of the HBO Max situation, but when that's probably it... its best shot. When does it open? October twenty second. October, okay. Yeah, October twenty second. I think it has a good shot. I mean, unless we get a, a winter wave of going. <laughs> it's a big cast. A lot of good actors in that. Yeah. It just depends. I mean, I think it will open. I think the name, I think the uh, the publicity behind it will open it. It just depends on if it's a good movie, if people dig it, if people understand it, um, or if that cinema score grade is a is a B minus or a C because they just can't follow the plot. Then um, then it tanks. If it's if it's Timothy Chalamet fans, they'll give it a yeah, high grade. That's what I'm saying. Like you got you have Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya. That's gonna those two alone. Well, that so, wins. That wins. Right. That wins. Yeah. Not that. Yes. Not that yeah. Because because what's the percent that has to be number one votes? You always say it's. I was it I was talking to Cynthia about this at that party, and she was saying yeah. like she she's very funny, Cynthia. Like there's no other Oscar person who calls me up to talk to me about this kind of thing, voting, in terms of the numbers, and she always does. But um, she was saying that a movie now because there's almost ten thousand members. Yeah. She's saying it does. You know, the movie has to get th a thousand people. It has to get a thousand votes around that, not number one yeah, votes, but right. total votes. Like, so it has to be a really popular movie to get mm -hmm. in. I mean, and I was telling her this theory about the, it has to have a hundred to 200 number one votes. And she was saying, no, it doesn't necessarily. Um, if it has a lot of twos and threes and stuff, but, 
Um, but I think it does in order to place, in order to get ahead of the pack so that it can be one of the ones it has. Chances are if it has 100 number one or 200 number one, it's going to have down ballot. It's gonna make. Yeah. It's gonna have a better shot at hitting that thousand number than if it if it uh, if it's only got like thirty five. Right. So for people well, to pick Dune, they're gonna to have to like it more than any other movie they saw this year. Well, to, Dune is gonna get support from the crafts. For sure. Uh, I would assume. Yeah. For sure. So that I mean, and it's and it's ten, right? It's ten this year, so. It's 10, and so if it makes, a, in an ordinary year, it would open in the theater, it would make 150 to 200 million, it would easily be a PGA nominee, and then it would be a roll of the dice as to whether it gets in with the Academy. Mm-hmm. It would be like that 10th spot, like that Skyfall, you know? Um, that's what it reminds me of in that way. It's not, it's fantasy, so it's not like, you know, cheesy mm-hmm. genre movie, but it's, it's an easy bet for the PGA. Um, and it's just a matter of will the Oscars also go for it? The Oscars, unlike the PGA, are dominated by actors. They're the biggest voting branch by far, and that's why you see a tiny bit of a change from the PGA to the Oscars as the actors. So the only, the Academy's the only group that has actual actors voting other than the SAG. All right, and and Dune is not going to show up at SAG. No. Nah. I mean, that's a hell of a cast, though. No? It's not going to show up in second. <laughs> no, and... Okay. Okay. No, it's going to be House of Gucci all the way. <laughs> that's uh, House of Gucci and... Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley's got a loaded yeah. cast. Nightmare Alley, too. Yeah, that's a lot of good movies coming out. Yeah. So if you're an Academy voter and you're an actor and you have two movies, Mass or Dune, you're going to pick Mass over Dune. Oh, I'm picking Dune. But I can well, see Villeneuve getting in. Yeah. Maybe. I could too. Well, I and I can see why they might go for Dune because it's, you know, it's if they want to like save Hollywood, quote unquote, you know, you know, he's really likable, Denis Villeneuve. Um, and, and here's the other problem is like, I, I, one of the things, Mark, you have Power of the Dog as number one. So yeah, keep in mind that two things about that movie number one, it's a total downer. And number two, it's Netflix. <laughs> So there's still so much on Netflix. (laughs) I know, but there's so much animosity towards Netflix still. They they think of Netflix as ruining Hollywood. God, it's safe. It's like saving it. I think, but they don't see it that way. They really don't. And like, if you read Richard Rushfield's column, you know, I don't know if you do, but he's always Uh. getting on, on Netflix's case. And that, that does sort of say that like people see streaming as ruining. And I agree with you that it's probably saving Hollywood, but they see it mm-hmm. as ruining Hollywood and mm-hmm. they see Netflix. So I don't know that they're ready to give, especially for that movie. I know. I mean, it's I about just, like cow it just castration. Like my kind of movie. So yeah, I don't know. I don't honestly, that's the hardest category right now to me is best picture. I have no idea what it could be. There's nothing to mm-hmm. me that stands out as at this stage, at least as like the one to, to, to put up front no but isn't either. that the fun part oh yeah i love it it's incredibly <laughs> fun i mean if history is any indication when telluride's over we should have your best picture contenders and when you come out of telluride you never think the movie that you just saw is going to win like a moonlight or spotlight or you know mm. argo and then as the weeks wear on you're like yeah that was the movie yeah you know so what do we think? Like King Richard probably has a pretty good shot there. Belfast, yeah. maybe. 
Um, so one last thing is how do you feel, how do you guys think the whole, you know, um, inclusion thing will play out this year? Uh, you know, last year it was obviously a motivator for voting. Yeah. Um, do we think that that's going to be the case this year as well? Like, are they going to be prioritizing, uh, women and, and people of color and directing and writing and I have no idea. Go ahead. Get get <laughs> I mean, yourself canceled. Say something yeah, really. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, I, get Twitter right now, to call I, you out and scream at you. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't know because last year looked like there were going to be like you could kind of look at it and see all these female-driven directed films. I don't know that I see that this year, right? Yeah. There's not as many uh, towards that. I mean, Jane Campion. Yeah, she'll she's get my, in. She's my only woman represented in director, as far as people of color. I do have. I guess I mean I always get worried about saying this, but Guillermo del Toro would be considered <laughs> person of color, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Justin Chan from Blue Bayou, I have in there, so I you know I don't know. You um, do? You have Blue Bayou in there for best director? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's hmm. that's my number five. Wow. Did you see the I movie? Just, I haven't. It just looks so good. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I'm very, I'm very just, you know, off the cuff right now. It's not. Uh, I haven't seen most of these. Contenders. I mean, why not? You know, we, we don't know anything, <laughs> so why not just predict? Yeah, um, that's. Yeah, it's like almost hopeful predicting. That's why I have Ridley Scott number one, right? And uh, Power, Power of the Dog. That's why I put Power of the Dog there because it looks like, I can't put Dune there yet, but Power of the Dog looks like. Like there will be bloods, one of my all time favorites. So when people are comparing it to that, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> I can't wait. Well, and that trailer today looked amazing. Yeah, no, it does. I think she's definitely gonna get nominated. She's an incredibly yeah. good filmmaker, and and yeah. you know Netflix is handling at least a Tayback, so that means that they're gonna roll it out, and it's gonna be the moment to kind of you know celebrate Jane Campion again after she kind of went away because Hollywood rejected her, and Netflix has salvaged her career in film. So that's a good story. That's a really good Oscar story. And she, she did make The Piano, which is a beloved film. Um, that That's, you know, I think a really good shot. I, I've got, I mean, the ones that, that I think, you know, feel the hottest to me would be Paul Thomas Anderson, not number yeah. one, no order. Paul Thomas yeah. Anderson, Jane Campion, Steven Spielberg, um, maybe Denis Villeneuve, maybe... Um, and then a fifth Joel, spot. Maybe Joel Cohen? No, I'm not thinking on that one for no. this. Um, what about Del Toro? Ah, Guillermo Del Toro, of course. Duh. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if um, I'm hearing a lot about a hero, so I'm wondering if Asghar yeah. Farhadi is, yeah. the, is the potential foreign nominee. Maybe. Yeah. You could always see Kenneth Branagh, maybe, like we talked about at the beginning for Belfast. Well, just remember that um, <clears throat> that the reason that Vinterberg got in was because of Guillermo, yeah. Guillermo del Toro, who yeah. used his yeah. his platform to kind of bring attention to to him and that movie, and that's why he got. So he's got okay. a lot of influence, obviously. So you know, depending on whoever he, you know, circles. Um, yeah. But there's so much we don't know. Like, what if Belfast is absolutely incredible? Then you're looking at Kenneth Branagh, who yeah. was kind of chewed up and spit out by Hollywood, too. You know, yeah. so there's a lot of potential comebacks. There's a lot of potential narratives. And then looming on the horizon is Twitter and the yeah. controversies that are going to bubble up about a white, <laughs> you know, I mean, about it, everything. 
Well, it's true that when you look at the movies, the big Oscar movies, a lot of them are very, very white, you know? So you can kind of see, you know, unstoppable force meets, yeah. you know, whatever it is. What is it? The Un immovable, object. immovable object meets unstoppable yeah. force. And you can see how that could turn into a thing this year. Yeah. So, you know, we have to keep our minds open for that. But but either way, like Telluride is um, hope springs eternal. And um, yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we'll have a great year. We missed it last year. So it's two years ago. We saw it. Right. Oh so long ago i know um i'm wearing i'm wearing a mask everywhere i go right now just because it's like we're so close there's no way and my kids are going to school in you know with all these other kids i'm like uh, stay uh, away just wait, stay away for like a week no i know that's why i didn't go to hamilton tonight with jazz i just don't even want to take a chance of getting yeah. it um there's yeah, only no you know a couple more days left mm -hmm. um, is she going to tell you right no she's not she's not going um so I wish she was going. That would be really fun to see her. Uh, so I guess we'll just play it by ear, you know, and, and just see how it goes. I hope this was a, an interesting podcast. I hope it wasn't too boring with a lot of, you know, pauses and <laughs> half of it's cut out. Deleted. Half of it's cut out. Whoops. I mean, I don't, I don't, I just don't think I'm allowed to talk about, um, I'm not allowed to talk about Dune, right? Yeah. No, well, the parts not. the parts that everybody missed were just me swearing at Sasha and Clarence about Lord of the Rings. So you didn't miss <laughs> you didn't miss anything. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I will say Two Towers is is one is my favorite. Oh, that's Two my Towers. least favorite. Oh no! God, I but I love but I love it. So don't. Yeah. Oh, the whole trilogy is awesome. No, I, I, I have a soft spot for Lord of the Rings only because when I was doing Oscar Watch, like that was really the first community that we had was the Lord of the Rings fans. Oh, yeah. And, you know, oh, we gathered, you know, as each movie rolled out, they were so passionate about it. They loved it so yeah. much. They were angry about a beautiful mind winning. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, you know, I will always think of it being like Oscar Watch that, <laughs> the the three films and when it finally it was so easy to predict it winning for its third <laughs> because but um but yeah that's that is interesting about ann thompson picking dune for number one that's crazy that is nuts did you guys look at their best director picks just really quickly i did what I do did. they have down she has uh Villeneuve. Hmm. Yeah. i'm a i love that dude every movie he makes i'm a fan of like, he hasn't made a bad movie yet, in my opinion. No, I don't think so either. He's just a very, yeah. very talented director, incredibly talented. Yeah. Um, Prisoners is one of those movies that I just, I think is vastly maybe un, under-talked about, I guess, because yeah. I don't want to say underrated, but like just, you know, that's, and I love you. That's my favorite uh, Jackman performance too. I think he's fantastic. And and so is uh, Gyllenhaal. Everybody in it's great. Melissa Leah, everybody. And I see, I have a, I have a theory about that. I I have a feeling that people just inherently really don't like Hugh Jackman. I, I don't know that's, why. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I'm a fan of Hugh Jackman. And Although his his new movie is pretty rough. I don't know if you've seen that. Yet. <laughs> What's this new movie? Reminiscence. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. rough. So bad. No. Um, this Jake Gyllenhaal is the same way as Hugh Jackman. Like I just don't think people like him very much. So if you have both of them oh, in a movie, really? Oh. You know, if you have both of them, then that's that's going to be a rough, 
<laughs> a rough sell. But um, but yeah, Villeneuve is a hit and miss. I mean, he got in for a rival because based on the strength of Amy Adams' performance. And Which was not nominated. Well, she wasn't and, nominated, but it's yeah, still, she wasn't even in there. It still oh. dragged it through, you know? Yeah. Well, I, and I think the movie's phenomenal. I do too. I love it. It's his best yeah, movie, I, I think. Yeah, but, um, yeah I, agree. I agree. But you know how Blade Runner was just jaw-dropping, you know, and yep. beautiful, but the, the plot was a little bit wanting? Right. Yeah, that movie was more of all his movies. That's probably my least favorite, but it's visually amazing. And uh, what's his name? Deacons did the cinematography, I think, right? Yep. Deacons. Yeah, that's that movie's just awesome to look at, but that's yeah. about it. I think Dune is probably going to win cinematography. That would be my guess. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, um, seems like good. maybe even costumes and visual effects and production design too. Sound maybe. So given all that, it seems like it could probably get a best picture too but um i can't wait for all of us to see it <clears throat> yeah and then we can <laughs> talk about it <laughs> yeah. yes freely and openly <laughs> freely and openly um all right so that was it we did our podcast we did our podcast and um and the next time you guys will hear from us is from the mountains of colorado as telluride film festival unfolds and i hope you enjoyed this this podcast with um Mark Johnson and Clarence Moy and myself, Sasha Stone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>